Now, though, let me move on today because I want to go to Amelda Byrne, who joins me on the line, because the University of Galway has secured €814,000 uh, to improve access and learning, indeed, uh, for people with intellectual disability. Amelda Byrne is the head of the Access Centre in University of Galway, and she joins me from that centre this very moment. And uh, Amelda, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. Unfortunately, I'm in a drizzly Dublin. I'm not actually in the Access Centre. I'm on the way to um, hear the Minister making the formal announcement of the allocation of funding to the University of Galway for a programme um, targeting students with intellectual disabilities. So you're thanks he- for having me on, Keith. So you're heading down to the Point Centre then, so you are at this stage. Exactly, exactly. We're, we're tracking exactly. you. So, Sorry. Yeah, yeah, be careful. We see exactly where you are now. There's a <laughs> there's a Promoli shoe shop very close to you there, so there is. We well, see what you're indeed, up to, all right? Indeed, indeed, uh, but, uh, yes, Har- but we're delighted. We're delighted um, and thrilled and totally inspired by the allocation of the funding that the minister has has given to the University of Galway. It was a competitive process, and uh, ten universities have been allocated funding. And uh, as I said, as I said, we're delighted and really thrilled. Um, to be moving forward in this direction in the university uh, in terms of opening up to the university to students with intellectual disabilities. Yeah, I mean, so the, the announcement has been made in the Gibson Hotel by Minister Simon Harris indeed uh, uh, later, later this morning. But recently enough, we had Simon, uh, Minister Simon Harris on with us and he spoke very eloquently and very positively about the president of the University of Galway, Kieran Hogarth, and indeed Orla Flynn, the president of the ATU as well. Um, so I, I think the, the, the great... Um, High esteem that he holds both of uh, of those presidents in um, would have helped with the, with the eight hundred and fourteen thousand, which has been allocated, which is a considerable amount of money. It is, it is, Keith, and um, I certainly acknowledge absolutely the the role of the presidents uh, in their commitment. Um, you know, to opening up the university to students that are traditionally were unable to even think about wanting to access higher education. But I must compliment the staff of the university, and you know, as well as the president. This was uh, across the university. People came together to um, put this proposal together, and um, there is such a commitment to further, as I said, you know, um, make the university an inclusive and welcoming place for people who really have not been traditionally a part of, of higher education. But the situation is then, when we say people with intellectual disability, maybe maybe even the title is incorrect, maybe challenging or something, but it's a game changer for those that will participate in this. It's, Keith, it certainly is, and it's a game changer for their families. Um, and uh, the programme itself, what we've got, uh, you know, full funding for is to deliver a year a pilot year-long programme this coming academic year and the following year. Um, and based on the evidence from those two years, hopefully that, um, you know, we will continue um, with the help of the, the government to sustain this. Because prior to this, there was a, a programme called Going to College in the university from 2010 to 2014. But that was funded through the foundation office, um, through yeah. philanthropic funding, where this is now government funding, which is a huge message, I think, to our community that the minister and the government want to see everybody included in opportunities for accessing higher education. Yeah, but I mean, the situation is that uh, the people that we're talking about today, they're human beings, they're our brothers, sisters, uncles, Absolute. aunts. Absolute, exactly, exactly, Keith. And they want to be able to do what their brothers and sisters do, you know. So it's, uh, as I say, it said from the outset, we are just so excited and so thrilled that the University of Galway has been given this opportunity to further embrace our community and make it more inclusive. 
Yeah, I mean, being quite being quite honest, I mean, it's a great initiative. Um, and I, I suppose I now know the Blue Teapot Theatre Company um, and the work that, that they do with people in, in a similar vein indeed. But you see them day one that they start the process with Blue Teapot and then you see them when they go into the academy and they just flourish. Exactly, exactly, Keith. And a key part of this of this program um, is around developing skills for going into the workplace. Because one of one of the people participating on the working group is somebody who is um, has a twin who is now retiring from work, and the the person uh, Pat who has been a part of the process is is somebody who has never had the opportunity to work while his twin is retiring. So there's a whole focus on this that this is not just a means to an end. You know what I mean? It's a means in itself for people to actually get the skills to go into the workplace. So part of it in semester two is work placement. So we're really excited about that aspect of it. And we we based you know, the design of the, of the programme on international and uh, national best practice. So Yeah. And how many, how many participants can you take on this pilot? 10, 10 in year one and 10 in year two. And, uh, as I said, after the evaluation, Keith, hopefully it will be, you know, continued to be, you know, funded and that it will be sustained going forward. So as I said, exactly that, you know, every family will know that if uh, one of their family members has a, a, an intellectual disability, that he has equal access to the University of Galway as well. He or she? He or she, are they? Sorry, are Keith. They? yeah. <laughs> Uh, he, she, or they, indeed. Um, and again, what would the criteria? Yes. How, how will you, or who will determine the criteria as to picking um, ten people from perhaps, a, a, say, maybe twenty, thirty people that would apply? Well, uh, Keith, we will be looking at the the criteria for that over the next while. As I said we'll be looking at best practice. Trinity have been doing this for a number of years, as well as UCC, and. Uh, a lot of work done in the states, so I said I can't say exactly what they are now, but it will be based on you know good practice. And obviously, Keith, over the next while we'll be doing you know I'm sure hopefully you'll bring us back again when we when we advertise it and promote it. Um, and we will have open information evenings, and we're working very closely with the HSE with Ability West. So we they've they are actually on the steering group, the working group that put this proposal together. So the knowledge is out there as well. So we will be working collectively um, and also with the students themselves in terms of how to um, compi compile the indications that we use for selection. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be in, when will it start then again? You said in the... In Hopefully the September, September 2024 is our aim, Keith. So you have a good bit of work to do between now and then to get this up and running. Oh, well, sorry. Yeah, we do, we do, but we like we in the proposal, Keith. We had a lot of of um, it approved already by the uh, the government, you know. So, but yes, it's going to be busy. But as I said, we're excited and thrilled to be able to do this for our community. Good start. Now, what time is the launch in the Gipton Hotel? Eleven o'clock. Well, you'll just be on time with that brand new pair of shoes that you bought. Yeah. I will, indeed. And <laughs> Keith, thank you, you know, on a personal and professional level. Thank you sincerely for all your work for the University of Galway Access Centre over the last 25 years because you have been wonderful in terms of promoting the work that we do. And you're going to be very missed from Galway Bay FM. And I just, just want to wish you um, every health and happiness and success as you, you know, head into, uh, go into something better and bigger, I've no doubt. And thank so, you sincerely. Thank you for that. And the team that are here and the team that will be here indeed, uh, will have the same, give you the same access, pardon the pun now, uh, will give you the same access that you need <laughs> on an ongoing basis. Come here to me, just before I let you go now, as, a, as an outgoing Fianna Fáil councillor, 
um, and you're going in to, to meet a Fine Gael minister. I mean, is is that okay? You're, you're okay with that? I certainly am, Keith, as long as, you know, it's a part of government he, and uh, the they're the doing, Minister, minister Harris is, is doing great work for for um, people education. that traditionally don't get and access to higher oh, education. So delighted to be he there. Is, he, is, he really and truly is doing tremendous work for uh, higher oh education. Oh my God, he's Just absolutely, absolutely, Keith. We're, yeah, very, we're very blessed to yeah, have him in, he, in this position. He excelled. I think we should give him a doctorate altogether, so we should. Thanks indeed for joining us uh, today. That's uh, Imelda Byrne, head of the Access uh, Centre in University of Galway. And just a wonderful person, I have to say. And uh, just well done. Well done to Minister um, Simon Harris. That's the Gibson Hotel beside the Point Depot at uh, 11 o'clock today. Um, Wait for it. You can't hear Keith on the radio. You can hear who he's interviewing, but not Keith. Now, lads, I'm listening here off. I have two feeds here. I have 95.8 and I have 96.8. So I'm listening to myself off the radio. Uh, So I can hear myself there. if it's on Alexa or otherwise, there's different, I, I don't know, there, there could be different uh, channels there. And sometimes the presenter's mic is lower than the guest mic um, on Alexa. And I don't know why. And the lads here, Matt and the crew and Dylan have been working tirelessly on it. Uh, but just go back to FM, just go back to FM or go to the radio player and have a look at it or go to tune in and have a look at it and see, just play around with the, uh, the various uh, digital uh, offerings that are out there. Quick commercial break and we're back just after these. We're going back to that whole situation in relation to the referendum. Now, the City Tribune um, is out this morning, and it's a full City Tribune as well. Dave O'Connell, uh, Connacht uh, Tribune Group editor, joins me on the line uh, today. Dave, morning to you. How are you today? I'm very well, Keith, despite the weather. Oh, listen, there's nothing we can do about it except give out about it. <laughs> but listen to me, you have a lovely royal photograph on the front, so you have of a lovely, lovely lady. Absolutely, who doesn't look anywhere near as old as she actually is. And I'm always very uh, circumspect about <coughs> identifying a woman's age because that can get you into the height of trouble, as you know, Keith. But <laughs> it's fair to say Philomena Garrity has hit the century. Although you've seen the photograph, to be honest with you, I wouldn't even give her the old age pension. She doesn't look old no, enough to get exactly wonderful. But it's a, it's a great picture, isn't it? Joe Shocknessy, as always, took the photograph. And Philomena's granddaughter, Rachel Fahey, uh, reveals that Philomena is still looking after herself, making porridge in the morning and refusing to yield to the years. And that's how it works. She's originally from Clare, uh, moved to Galway. People may remember her working in the Eglinton Hotel in Salt Hill, uh, but that was a long time ago. She met her husband, Jimmy Geraghty there. Uh, Jimmy was many years a chef in the Warwick Hotel. They lived on Davis Road uh, in those houses when they were built 75 years ago, raised their children there and they'll still live uh, uh, they all live close to where she is uh, nearby there. Jimmy died many years ago but Philomena has lived to see 12 grandkids 22 great grandkids uh, many of them gathered for the party around Nana and you know what, uh, from the look of the photograph I'd say she could see great great grandkids before she's finished And do you know what, reading the article indeed by Denise McNamara, she gets her own porridge in the morning time God bless her I'm, I'm, well, that, that's I'm challenged to do secret. that, never mind. <laughs> well, she doesn't She doesn't drink, uh, which is uh, laudable. She doesn't smoke, so I'm all right on the second one. I'm not sure about the first one, but I'd say the only way I'll see 100 is on the back of a bus or something like that. Listen, um, the, in, in your lead story today is news that may help us uh, all live a little bit longer work on the new bus lane out of Park Moor, which is going to take about a year to do, but at least the decision has been made and it's going to start shortly. 
Well, that's the thing. Working this first phase of this uh, uh, bus priority scheme, uh, beginning about two weeks' time, as you say, uh, continue into the early months of 2025, there will be a southbound uh, bus lane constructed from the business park roundabout uh, at Parkmore to the Monavay Road Junction. Temporary traffic management obviously will, uh, I suppose, add to delays in the short term, but you can't make omelettes without breaking eggs on this. So details of the bus stops and the fuller plans all on the front and inside today. But do you know what? Anything that's speeds up access in and out of the city will will lower our collective stress levels and we might even live as long as Philomena in the long run as a result. Well, you will, definitely. Uh, Roadworks on the other side of the town or the city may have to be redone before um, they've had even time to settle. This, again, is just another staggering story, Ah. really. It is just, uh, you know what, it's the lack of joined-up thinking. It really is mind-boggling. Now, people... Will be familiar if you know Rally Row and that area down the west. You'll yeah. know where we're talking about. These are new footpaths, resurfaced uh, streets. But following freedom of information uh, queries on this, it turns out they may have to be redone because they've been undermined. In other words, damaged at several locations by subsequent pipe laying works. Galway City Council had warned Ishke Ern of the serious financial and reputational damage that would arise if Rally Row had to be planned out and resurfaced again. The the council contractors had installed the footpaths uh, as part of the Safe Routes to School project. This is around the Jazz Primary School down there. Cost €300,000, but after that was completed, Ishke Aaron workers moved in and dug up the street, the new footpaths, the surface and all, according to the council. Absolutely. Now, Gobi United are almost ready for their return to the Premier Division, which is all great news. Which is great news and can't wait. I have my season ticket and all ready to go. Uh, in fact, anyone who has a season ticket, the good news is there's only one uh, pre-season friendly uh, taking place at Eamon DC Park. That's t- um, tomorrow evening against Wexford. And anyone that has a season ticket uh, already will get in for nothing. Uh, there will be one or two final additions to the squad, uh, hopefully in time for that. Uh, John Caulfield has been chatting with Keith Kelly in advance of uh, what is a very big season. So that's in sport plenty as well on the Hurlers visit visit to Tipperary in the league this weekend. Uh, footballers have a weekend off this weekend uh, after their draw with Roscommon last weekend. Uh, so plenty and all of that in the sport as well. What else have you got? I mean, you have uh, literally hundreds of uh, photographs today, by the way. Well, that's part of the great thing. Uh, all of the, the social photographs uh, from around the city uh, and, and it's it's, you know, it, it's part of what we do. People love to see photographs. I have to say, on, on a different scale, there's a photograph back in our times past this week, which will evoke many memories. Uh, the great Jerry Mulholland and friends uh, organising uh, one of the many charity concerts that they did back in the day, a, a youthful photograph of all of them involved. But other than that, uh, as you know, you're featuring yourself over two pages again uh, today uh, with some of the stories from your 34 years and counting behind the microphone. Uh, talking of photographs, say the novena covered in words and photos. Uh, progress on the new fire station headquarters in the city, but serving the city and the county. And a lovely interview with a debut uh, novelist called Mary O'Connor, who works as a legal secretary in Galway City and wrote her first novel in her spare time. But as you see from the piece, she also worked as a digital television editor with TV3. She became a window dresser for a well-known retail outlet. So in, in reading this, do you know what? There's a novel in her own life story, as well as the novel that she's written about the Vanguard in this debut book, uh, Whispers on Main Street. Uh, an, an interesting read from clearly an interesting woman. It is. And um, again, I read it, but it's, it's, a, it's a great book. 
Do you know what? You'll see it on a, on a, on a stage very shortly, I'd say, to be honest. It it's really is just it's a great read. Come here, see the photograph of uh, Galway in days gone by. God, the lads, yeah. look, the lads look wonderful, don't they? It's just, uh, it's of a different time and a different era, but do you know what? There's a great consistency as well because those boys uh, supported a lot of good causes over the over the years in Galway and it just evokes uh, a different time. And I know I- in particular with the Mulhollands, I know they've had a, a rough run of things over yeah. the last couple of years, but uh, they're the memories that we all have uh, and I, and obviously that they would have as well. But the legacy that's been left behind from each and every one of uh, us just... just and, it, and it goes on and on and on because there's, there's new generations uh, I, I've I've heard um, we're gone off beam on this now but uh, Harry Mulholland is Alan Mulholland's son yeah. and in the great tradition of his granddad is a wonderful piano player and a wonderful singer so it's a legacy that will continue and continue and continue and uh, it's great for Galway because we all love being part of it Absolutely well his, his grandfather John could just he could sing at the drop of a hat like just if The problem a, if there was, was a getting piano John there. to stop it was to get, <laughs> get John to stop singing uh, at some ungodly hour of the following morning would have been the trick but you know what There, there's there's uh, worse things that could befall anyone than to spend a night in, in their company Well I'd love to know when Harry is next playing because they'll be there just to bring back the memories. Uh, Dave O'Connell, thank you indeed for joining us uh, today. City Tribune out with absolutely loads more within it. And you can buy it online if you're listening to us abroad and you want to just go to the Connect Tribune website and you can buy it online, you can buy it for the year. And um, make it your choice to do today or pick it up in the local news agents as you're going home. Now, the let's move on today because I want to just, just move on. A very good morning to you on this Friday morning with you right through until 12 midday. There's a group called the Countess and they're urging the public to vote no in the upcoming referendum. Sir Ginny Lachlan indeed joins me from Gorton County Galway and she joins me on the line today. Sir, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for joining us uh, today. So you've written to us, uh, who are the Countess, can I ask you? Who is this group? So we're um, an advocacy group for women set up for women and children in Ireland and we were set up in 2020 online and then since then we've expanded greatly and our aim is to protect and advocate for women and children in Ireland particularly around issues to do with gender ideology gender self-ID and other related topics we're not political we're not affiliated with any religion um, and we see ourselves as uh, feminists well, we do have obviously men in our group as well and a couple of different areas that we campaign in, schools, uh, prisons, and um, we have lesbian erasure groups, so we, sports is my remit and um, so we cover a lot, lot of different areas. So why are you advocating then a no vote in this regard? We spoke with Michael McDowell yesterday, indeed the former Minister for Justice, and he was quite emphatic about this and his message was quite clear. What is your message and is it as clear as that? Um, yeah, we saw we saw uh, Michael McDowell's um, speeches and things like that on this, and we would agree with him. Our concern is that this proposal essentially erases the contribution of erases the recognition of the contribution of women and in particular mothers to the good of the whole of society, and this is something that often isn't really. Um, Uh, acknowledged very widely it is in our constitution it says that the state recognises by by her life within the home that 
that is uh, for the common good. And the second part is of particular concern to us because it says that the state shall endeavour to ensure that mothers shall not be obliged by economic necessity to engage in labour um, to the neglect of their duties in the home. So we feel that it's the least honest. Women do the vast majority of care in the home. Um, they do double the hours of caring as men do and more than double the hours of housework. And rather than sort of tackle that in a supportive way, the government decided that we'll just erase that recognition um, and also erase any possible protection for mothers who would like to be able to stay at home with their children. Um, we feel that the, the replacement article doesn't go far enough in terms of protecting carers um, and in particular the cared for. So it gives no rights to people to independent living. It pushes all the care back onto families and it's a very weak aspirational statement. Strive to support such provision. It doesn't, as compared with, endeavour to ensure Women are make up 98% of all carers. They are 94% of stay-at-home parents. Okay. And caring and parenting or mothering are all different things. They should be recognised differently. Um, okay, but I mean... The so situa- we feel that... You, you're, you're saying that the government... Article, you're, you're saying... Sorry, sorry, could cut across you there. You're saying that the government yeah. are erasing what from our, our, our system? So they're, they're erasing... Well, first of all, the words mother and woman. No, no, what they're are they, what are they erasing, the Sarika? That the recognition of women. How do you mean they're erasing the recognition of women? I, I'm just trying to tease this through with you. Well, the, the, article, rec- the article mentions women, particularly yeah. as the, those who give us within her family life, so in a, in a tailach, um gives to the state of support. That whole article will be removed and replaced with language around caring within a family that doesn't recognise who does the caring. Um, there's actually a, there's a, a survey done by um, Family Carers Island, I'll just bring it up here, which which says that family carers prefer to be recognised by their relationship to the cared for. So the most commonly word chosen was mother, then carer, then daughter, and then for male carers, son, husband and family carer. So carer is actually at the bottom of the, the list of what people would like to be referred to as. Mothering is different to caring for anybody else. When you mother your child, you are responsible for their well-being. You're responsible for you know, the, their whole of, of them, not just sort of this kind of nebulous parenting that everyone can do, but you're the one who's pregnant, you're the one who gives birth, you're the one who nurtures your infant in the early days, you're the one, you know, responsible for all of those things. And yes, fathers do play a role for sure, and that could be recognised by an addition to this article. But However, erasing the article erases all parents. It, it just refers to carers after that, which is not the same thing at all. Sorry, is this conversation just semantics? Is, is this just nitpicking on, on a word? I mean, have we not come a well, long... No, no, hang on a second. Have we not come even, a long way? Hang on a second. Have we not come a long way in the last 20, 30 years when it comes to equal rights for people? And yet you're saying that they're raising uh, a section of it why are they well, doing it if it's so wrong? For sure, but there isn't actually equality in the in society. It is still women who do all that work. It is still women who do the majority of housework. It is still women who stay at home. And in fact, sixty or, sixty or so percent of women would prefer not to have to work outside the home. So we're we're erasing all of their um, 
contributions and we're taking away that choice for them when we remove this article which will which says that the state should endeavor to ensure strive to support is much less powerful in its um obligation on the state and the second article that they would like so they want to remove that whole article which refers to women and mothers and their contribution to society and replace it with an article about care within the home that doesn't give any rights to disabled people or elderly people in terms of Okay. What they would, how they would like the care to, to be given to them, it pushes everything back on the family. So you've erased women and mothers for to replace it with a weaker article that doesn't recognise their contributions. So no, I don't think it's um, it's maintaining equality because we don't have equality right now. And even if we did, mothers are still different. The role of mother is different from the role of carer or the role of parent, and it should be acknowledged. It's okay, in, but in, in, situation is, I think, there's confusion across the board for people. I mean, if you were reading any of today's newspapers, which I was uh, early this morning, I mean, most of the pundits are now saying that this is going to be a huge uh, yes vote that will come out uh, in this respect. But what you're saying to me is effectively that people don't understand what they're going to be voting for and that this has long-term consequences and I'm trying to get my head around that. Well, it does have long-term consequences, yeah, and we don't actually know what the consequences will be. And in fact, that poll showed that an awful lot of people didn't understand. It said half of half of all voters, 53%, say they know hardly anything at all about the referendums. So although it has popular support at the moment, it is clear that the long-term implications of a yes vote aren't really understood. And that's even clear when you hear what the ministers are saying, because for the second vote, which we are also advocating for a no vote, even ministers said that it would have to be decided in the court what a family was made up of. So mm. this is the addition of the words and other durable relationships to the article that defines uh, the family. And that kind of wording is extremely vague, extremely open to interpretation and will end up okay. in the courts being determined by a court as opposed to being determined by us, the Irish people. Our organisation is very familiar with unintended consequences. That's why we were formed. And for this reason, we would advocate a no vote in the second in the second uh, part of the referendum as well. Where, so can, they get, both. where can they get further details on uh, the Countess? Yeah, you can check us out on the Countess.ie. We're across uh, X, as it is now, or Twitter, as it was known formerly. Uh, Facebook, we have a YouTube channel called The Countess Conversations. Um, and we are on Instagram and TikTok as well. So, okay, thank you. We're running a GoFundMe at the moment because I just as well... Uh, we are not an NGO. We get no funding from outside sources. We are entirely supporter-based. We are entirely volunteer-based as well. So all the work we do um, is, comes from a place where we see that this is really essential work. And um, if anyone likes us, would like to support us, we'd be very grateful. So can you lock in? Thank you indeed for joining us uh, today on the programme. Thank you very much. Now, right, good morning to you. Welcome into today's uh, programme. Once Off Productions are presenting The Hair. I'm joined on the line, so I am by uh, Claire Monnelly, indeed, who joins me on the line. We'll get uh, Bob Kelly uh, in a moment there as well. Uh, but let me go to Claire and, oh, I see, I see Bob is there as well. So let's just take Bob on one side and Claire on the other side. Uh, Bob and Claire, good morning to both of you. How are you today? Not too bad, Keith. Nice to talk to you. Good. Uh, Bob, you're, you're there with, you're coming in via satellite, I think, this morning. Are you, Bob? 
I'm not. It's just an ordinary phone. I might just get you off hands free there if you don't mind, uh, Bob. If you don't mind, the line isn't just great. Uh, Claire, good to talk to you. Thanks for joining us uh, today. Uh, and again, here, it's a, it's an excellent production. Oh, yeah. We think so. Um, yeah, we we, um, we premiered the hair at the Cord Arts Festival in Sligo last year and brought it to the Pavilion in Dunleary and to the Cork Arts Theatre and are delighted to be bringing it back out on a national tour now. It was supported by the Arts Council and Corja and obviously once off productions. Um, we've uh, an incredible collaboration of people working on it included including Una Nivreen who's our performer yeah. and, and Steve Wickham who provides live music for the show. Yeah, and, and Bob, I mean, the two, yourself and Claire, you wrote this uh, together, the two of you. That's right, yeah. I approached Claire with this idea earlier on. I wanted um, I wanted to experiment with co-writing and collaborating and I couldn't think of anybody better, you know. So we spent a couple of years um, really responding to the different themes together and trying to find a, a voice that was that was both of us. And what, what, what is it like to collaborate like that, guys, for the two of you, to work on the one and to get it to where it is and such a success. Uh, it was a real, it was a real joy. It was my first um, time to to co-write anything, and so when Bob approached me, um, I was a little bit reticent. I mean, we worked together as actor and director before, and and we're pals, but I'd never co-written anything before, and also we have quite, really quite different styles, I suppose, ostensibly. Um, but that was really kind of why. I remember when Bob asked me to do it, I sent him my plays to read to be like, you do know that I curse a lot and stuff. We kind of have very differing kind of aesthetics, I suppose. But I suppose what Bob was really interested in was the notion that we could come together and create this unified voice where, you know, our voices would meld and you wouldn't be able to tell one from the other. And that's really happened across across the development period. There are, I can't tell you which lines Bob wrote or which I wrote. Mm. Genuinely, now when we look at the play, when we're going back to it to re-rehearse it now and send it out on the road. And so I think we were really successful in that initial endeavour. And then everything that's come since, has just been kind of the fruits of that labour, I think, and um, and our collaboration being just working really well, and then everybody we brought on board since also being incredibly talented at what they do. Yeah, and Bob, just to come back to you, just give me without giving away the whole story of it because I have a lovely clip that I'm going to play here now in a moment. Uh, but just take us through the storyline here. So uh, the story is about um, a young woman who lives sort of, uh, it's implied that it is Ireland, it's a very rural area of Ireland. She lives on her own out there with her mother and she's very ostracised and very isolated from the local community and from from the, the other kids at school because she's so different. And uh, without giving away any of the plot, something happens which leads her to believe that her world is about to change. And so we kind of join her on a journey that she takes us on through her world, through her ordinary world, as she tries to um, to change it and to, to improve her life for the better. I'm going to give them this clip, guys, uh, just here. So this is Una here and uh, from the production. Look out over that bay. The sea is at war, toiling at itself, turning itself over and the clouds making ready. Smell that storm that won't be long following. No waves, only fierce confusion. We're on the high ground here coming down towards the rest of them. I do come into school from the coast like a bad cloud. Rocky fields and rushes, Scotland, ring forts and cairns and broken walls, what have you, I go or I like. I do often find bones. 
Out the other way, you can sense without seeing where the path leads down. Away to the road that leads to the river, that leads to the bridge. Past them ruined walls, ruined houses, that ruined school with all them awful people in it. And the land between us, full of things nobody understands. I've always been in this place, and Mammy's told me all the Christians won't tell. She told me about the walking tree, and the tunnel that leads from the bad ring fort to the abbey. She told me about the crooked fella who used to live out by the rocks and only came in when he was sick. Told me about Father Byrne, who was closer to the devil than he was to God, if you believe in that sort of thing. God, I mean. And about Maggie Clifford's baby girl that was born with the heart of a bird instead of a child's heart. And how all the sparrows gathered round the house when she was dying. Mammy knew the child was gone because of the way they did all lift off together. God, lads, it's powerful writing when you just hear... Una there, yeah, just, you'd stand in the snow and listen to it. Yeah, we were just, I remember when Bob, um, we didn't have a performer in mind for the show when we were writing it originally, and when Bob had been working with Una and just literally sent me a, a snippet of her speaking some of the lines, and I got a bit emotional thinking about it because I've never heard, when we were writing it, I was like, God, this is this is dense enough text, and it's kind of, um, it's kind of lyrical, and it's kind of challenging. And she just got it immediately without ever having to explain. It was like the music of it was in her voice and in her body so naturally. I've never seen that kind of happen. I've never been on the other end of things, I suppose, having to cast somebody. But it was just a no-brainer the second I heard her speak that she'd be so perfect for it. And she is, it's a, it's an absolutely powerful performance that she gives. It really is. And Bobby, I mean, you're bringing yeah, we it to... we're very lucky. I happened to be working with uh, with Una down in Cork on a musical at the time. And myself and Claire were desperately scouting around for someone who was free to help us with the script. Uh, and so almost just as a favour to me, Una read a few lines of it. And as soon as she opened her mouth, it was immediately obvious that she was going to have a great part, for sure. But you're, you're hooked into it there. I mean, that piece of audio there, you're hooked in. You're bringing it to the uh, McLally Theatre in Galway, the Druid Theatre in Galway. You're going to be there on the 29th of Feb, 1st and 2nd of March. And you're going to be in 10 uh, venues right across. Um, how long is the production, guys? Because that intensity of acting is, is uh, <laughs> it's, it's hard going for her and she must have immersed herself in the script. Bob? For sure, yeah. I mean, it's it's just over an hour long, I believe. Um, but Una's well able for it. She's um, she's a, just an excellent actress. And she, the whole thing sort of pushes quite intensely from start to finish. It's all on her. There aren't any breaks or any any times when she gets to, um, to, to reset or anything like that. Although she's accompanied by Steve Wickham on music throughout. Um, so it does kind of push through in one impulse. But um, no better woman, I think. You know, at this stage, she did it last summer and uh, proved herself more than able to handle it. That kind of pressure of carrying a show like that on shoulders. Good, well, you're, you're coming to Galway, so you are. So you're there 29th, uh, 1st and 2nd of March, well, 29th of Feb, 1st and 2nd of March, and you're in Wicklow, Cavan, Dublin, Limerick, Waterford, Louth, Waterford again, uh, Kildare. I mean, good lads, she, she won't be at home very much for the next couple of weeks at least. <laughs> no, I mean, like we're we're really delighted with the, the scope of the tour. Oh, sorry, Bob. Um, it's it's when you when you put as much work into a into making a piece of work as we did with the hair across, you know, working through COVID and developing it with Corja and bringing it on uh, out last year. The last thing you want is for it not to have a further life or not to 
you know, be seen by more people. So we're really delighted with the support from the Arts Council to take it on this tour and hit so many venues around the country. And the response from venues was really resounding when we when we reached out to see um, if people wanted to, to take the show, like off the back of the, res- the response that it had last year, we had a couple of venues contacting us having heard that it was in the ether, that it was coming around and um, people were really enthusiastic to have. And I think that's a lot to do with, with Una and the strength of her performance, but also with Steve and um, he's an incredible companion for her on the stage um, and, and the music that he makes and we have we've an incredible sound designer who live mixes Steve and live sound designs it nearly there in the room um, live with the performance so it's, it's just a really kind of magical thing to experience. The McLally Theatre Company will absolutely amplify that experience as well. Because oh yeah and I love the McLally it's one of my favourite venues in the country I love I've played a one, my one woman show there and I've seen so many beautiful productions there and it's such an intimate venue that I think it will it will be perfect for the hair. And the acoustics are just perfect as well. Where can they book the tickets um, for the uh, All for the details hair? are on Once Off Productions uh, website and they have all the links there to all the venues so you can you can find your nearest venue there and book book through the Once Off Productions website. And is Once Off Productions a Once Off? And no, they're not by <laughs> any means. No, Once Off Productions are kind of a, a production hub who are working with multiple artists and um, producing multiple artists' work. So not only can you book to see the hair there, but you can see what Once Off Productions are up to with their other stable of artists as well. Mm. And Bob, you worked, um, I believe, also with uh, Blue Raincoat and uh, and again with Pat McCabe's the acclaimed novel The Butcher Boy as well. So, I mean, you've, you've achieved an awful lot in life. Uh, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider the butcher boy in any way achieved. That's a, <laughs> no, that's a work in progress that I'm um, that Pat has been kind enough to allow me to look at at the moment. Um, so hopefully there'll be um, there'll be some results of that over the next while. Good um, yeah, and I've worked a lot with the Blue Wrinkles over the years as well, and we're very lucky they've given us the factory up in Sligo to, uh, to premiere the hair we were in there last last summer with it, and it, we're starting off the tour in the factory again, which is great because the factory is a very um, it's, it's like my home theatre space, and certainly in Dunmanic, I always have a venue like that in mind, you know. All right, uh, Bob Kelly, apologies about the line going in. Claire Munley, good to have you and good to talk to you again and well done on what you've achieved. But uh, this is called The Hair and if you want to get further details, just go to One Off uh, Productions, get further details or if you want to go to the Druid website, you can get uh, details there as well. But thank you both for joining us uh, today on the programme. A good few comments still coming in, by the way, about our opening slot this morning about rural burglaries and these thugs going around in cars and breaking into people's houses and that. Um, again, I, I people said if if it's a thing these thugs uh, got hurt uh, on our land when they broke in, uh, would we be liable for them? Depends. Yeah, if you have public liability, you would be uh, definitely. I see the birthday boy is making an appearance into the co- into the company today, Morris. Uh, I was going to say to Marcus Holland, he's made he must have had to sleep in this morning, John. He's making an appearance for his uh, for his birthday. Well his deserved. Birthday is today. Well deserved sleeping, I must say. That yeah. man works hard. So he's making a, so he had to sleep in this morning. He's come in. He's picked up the City Tribune. Um, there's a cake in the kitchen for him waiting for him. Uh, just for him it's only for him so it is today Sister Agnes I'm uh, raging it's not lovely the ginger you can smell the ginger off it yeah well just, just go in and ask him can you have a slice of it now he's he's made an appearance so he has and there you go he's birthday today listen well, let's come back to our wonderful uh, Friday outings yes Community Matters the next up is this day week we're in Linan Keith will be broadcasting from Gaynor's Bar in Linan and I'm looking forward to this as well I, I have, love these outages I have a list of victims they will be ranked. Participants. 
They'll be rang in the next hour or two. They'll be called in the next hour or two. And we'll see We'll see how many of them are, are up for a bit of a chat and a bit of crack. Yeah, now Leanne is beautiful and uh, the fact that it's close to home for you, you can be home within a half an hour? You say close to home, it's about an hour and a half away. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If yeah. you go through Westport? Bad roads, bad roads. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so Leanne, we're coming from... Coming from Gainers Bar. Gainers Bar. A famous bar. Famous bar. And we're looking at a number of different things in the area. I don't want to give too much away without people saying yes to me, but we will hope to look at the field. Obviously, a lot of it was filmed in that area. Ashley Falls, the famous scene there, and Gainers Bar itself. So we're hoping uh, to have a big look at that, as well as many other issues in the Leanne area. A lot of sport as well. Some great sporting stars in the area and some great history and yeah. geography as well. So See, I'd be old enough to remember it being filmed out there. Uh, they, as far as I know, no, they did. They based themselves in Renval House with Ronnie Coonan uh, at the time. And then they used to ship them in and ship them out. But it was, it's still to this day, it's a wonderful film. So it, is. it is one of my favourites as well, I must say. Some great actors and great acting in it. And just some other uh, notes for you. If people have biros and pens and if your phone there, just make a note of when we're coming to your area because I have planned the Community Matters series right up until the 1st of November of this year. Good on you. So, after Linan, we're out on the 1st of March, we're in Renmore. In the 15th of March, we're in Salt Hill. In the 5th of April, it's Ballygar. The 19th of April, Clumber. The 3rd of May, Clifton. The 17th of May, Portumna. The 31st of May, Ballyban. The 14th of June, Knocknacarra. The 28th of June, Milltown. The 12th of July, Loch Ray. The 26th of July, Spiddle. The 9th of August, Anna Down. The 23rd of August, Barna. The 6th of September, Oran Moore. The 20th of September, Uchtarard. The 4th of October, Clymer. The 18th of October, Dunmore. And the 1st of November, Cahirlestrand. That's the plan there. And if people want to get involved, do let us know by text, WhatsApp, email, phone in. So the email is probably the best, comments at goibayfm.e. That's comments at goibayfm.e. Phone reception on 0917700077 or even do text and WhatsApp in as well. All right, now coming up after the news, we are going to have Galway Thoughts this week and we're looking at uh, three burning topics and we have two guests joining us in the studio. We do, yes, we have Councillor Mike Cupboard and also Councillor David Collins joining us. We're looking at the Galway Airport site and that latest bombshell that was dropped around this time last week where Galway, GEA, LGFA and Camogie said they would like to explore a centre of excellence there. We're also looking at the lack of rural GPs in and around the area. That was the story we had with Dr Martin Daly earlier in the week. And as well as that, the death of an icon of Irish politics, John Bruton, the former Taoiseach as well. So looking at all those topics between 10 past 11 and around 11.40 as well. Yeah, and his funeral, it's a, it's a, again, his funeral is taking place today. It's a state funeral today and tomorrow as well. And mm. uh, a, lot of, a lot of people indeed have come into Ireland uh, that he dealt with and worked with. So we'll be looking at that in the yeah. next hour as well. Jonathan, thank you for joining us uh, today. If you want to get involved on the Lean Ann programme, you have somebody that you'd like to nominate for it. Uh, we'll be there bright and early this day week. Just email comment C-O-M-M-E-N-T-S at galwaybfm.ie or call us on 091 77 77.